0: So let's talk about the duns. The duns have been around ever since the church has been around. As a matter of fact, Paul was dealing with some duns. in in Galatia, the church that was there, uh, the churches that were there in Galatia, there were several that had left God's side. And that's how he begins Galatians, the book, the epistle that he wrote to the Galatians in chapter one, verse six, if you go down to verse six, this is verse six through eight. Paul writes to them, and says, I am astonished. Y'all know what astonished means, right? I'm astonished. Paul says, I don't understand this, how you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. How, how you could desert the one that called you to live in the freedom of the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. because there is no other gospel. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And he says, "But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Let them be under God's curse." He says, "Even if I come back and preach you a different gospel, don't listen to me. Believe that somebody has messed me up." And then down in chapter three, he kind of comes back to this, and there's just one little one little phrase there, I want you to say oh amen. This is, this is how perplexed Paul is. is how, how could anybody leave this, this joy, this freedom, this love that you find in Jesus? And he, and he asks in, in uh, verse one of chapter three, he says, who has bewitched you, O Galatians? The, the, you know who, is, who has been able to get your attention away from the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who died on the cross of Calvary for your sins so that you could have eternal life and got up on the third day? Who, who is, somebody had to bewitch, somebody's got a spell on you. There's no way you could walk away from this. So God is leading us to reach. We, we call them around here. We call it unchurched and de-churched. We call them the de-churched, the duns. God's calling us to reach. And some of you, when you wrote down that number two weeks ago, some of you that weren't here and you're thinking about some people in your life that yeah, God needs to, some of you, you're thinking about some duns, some who were in church but they're no longer in church. And that's where many of you were. You were in church and you left for whatever reason and now you're back. And we're so glad you're back. But there's somebody else to reach. So we've gotta look at some things here today, okay? So first of all, let's, let's look at maybe how they became done. All right, and uh, you know, this could be painful for some of you. you know, it could be painful. It can be painful for us to kind of admit that these kinds of things, it, it does happen. People walk away. How can they walk away? Okay, so so what are the reasons? How did they become done? Why did they leave? And, and the reason we need to ask this question is not so we have a better argument for them, but so we understand them a little bit better, okay? So I think there's really a couple of reasons. There's two big, huge main reasons, and the first one the first reason is, is, is that people, sometimes some decide that they don't need God anymore, okay? Uh, and those people, and I know that's a big, broad category of those people that say, I don't need God anymore. These are the people, though, and it, you can break them down, there's, there's, there's a lot of people that, that end up feeling this way. These are people that, that probably did not have a healthy Christianity or a healthy relationship with God. And it, and it may not have been any of their fault, it might have been someone in the church that somehow abused their relationship. Some, you know, some have gotten wounded or hurt in church and that happens, you know why? Because church is full of people. You know, the only way to not get hurt in the church is for us to make everybody leave and not ever come back because people are here and people are gonna get, people are gonna get their feelings hurt and so that happens. Sometimes people get burned out Sometimes people say, oh, i got to figure out a way to do more. I, I remember a man, he wanted to have his two sons, he wanted to see his two sons come to know Jesus Christ. They were walking a horrible path. They were walking like those lost sheep, walking in a dangerous place, and he wanted them to come back, and, and it, it, it seemed like he, he always had a broom in his hand, he was always stacking chairs, he was always doing something, and you know what? He burnt out. He said, I just can't keep doing this. You know what, you don't have to because you know, their salvation doesn't depend on you sweeping a floor or moving a chair, those kinds of things. If you get too far into that and say, well, I'm doing this because of that, that's not the reason that we do those kinds of things. We're called to do those things, but that's not the reason we do those things. Uh, other people, they, they, their relationship with God was by proxy, meaning that kind of like, as we were saying about the nuns, that, oh, well, you know, my, my mom goes to that church that maybe their relationship with God was a relationship through their parents or through their grandparents or, 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 or even through the church you know, uh, that, that their granddad had, and, and that's what their relationship was. They didn't have really a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Or maybe it was a superficial relationship that they had with him because it was about a boyfriend there's a boy that goes to that church, or there's a girl that goes to that church, and so that's why I was going. And there was some kind of a little um, spiritual thing going on, but never a true relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe even a superficial relationship because of a hobby. I mean, you know, back in my day, growing up in church, I can tell you about a lot of guys my age, that they went to church because of softball, you know? I, I, we got one friend, he, he actually is almost a cousin. It's like he's the cousin of my cousin, but he's not quite related to me. But, you know, he was... He was Church of God in the summer, and he was Baptist during basketball season. And if a, I'm sure there were, if there, Church of Christ had had a baseball team, he'd have been Church of Christ in spring during baseball, you know? But it was about a hobby. It was superficial. There was no relationship. So that's why a lot of those decide to leave, because they decide, we're still on that top one, by the way, they don't need God, okay? They just don't need God. Others come to believe they can follow God all by themselves. That for whatever, they say, I don't need the church. And sometimes that's because people get mad or hurt at the church and they say, well, I can do this without church. Okay, this is a big one, okay? So you, you, need, you need to follow me on this one just a little bit. And this is just, this is just the very beginning of the sermon. So I, I, I got to hurry here, but you're going to hear this. If you try to reach a done, if you try to reach out to a done, you're going to hear that, that I don't have to have church to go to heaven. Now, listen, I'll tell you this, that that's possible. You can follow God without... Being a part, but it's not probable, and, and, and i got a couple of reasons for that. The first one is this. I only know of two examples in the Bible where someone followed God without being a part of the church. Okay, The church was birthed there in the book of Acts, so we're talking all about New Testament here. I only know two people, and one of them was the, was the apostle John, and John had no choice. John was, like a lot of the disciples, was arrested, and he was sent to exile on the Isle of Patmos, and he had no choice but to follow God without a church. It's kind of like, you know, if, when you were a kid, if you wanted a dog and your dad said, okay, if you want a dog, every morning you gotta get up, you gotta walk the dog, you gotta got feed the dog, you gotta get water for the dog, you know? And so every morning you could do that. You are being obedient to your dad because he got you the dog, right? But then one day, the dog runs away. The rest of the day, you know, you're searching for the dog. The next morning, do you get up and feed the dog? Yes, no. <laughs> Do you feed the dog? You don't feed the dog. You might go look for the dog again, but you'd be kind of foolish to go out and pour food into a, into a bucket that you knew the dog wasn't there. Unless you thought maybe he'll come back and he'll find some food there, but you really, you don't get to feed the dog because he's not there. But what you do is you go on, on a search for the dog. And that's what happened to John. Okay, John went and, and there, was, there was not a church there, so he couldn't be obedient to go to church because there wasn't a church there. But you know what he was doing? He was chasing after God, even though there wasn't a, and so I think a lot of people that are saying this, that I don't need church to find God. They're not really searching for God. They're just kind of done with the church for whatever reason. And maybe it's because they got hurt or whatever, but they're done with the church. But John did, didn't just say, I don't need the church. John said, I don't have a church. And he went searching for God. And that's what we find out about him. First thing is he was in the spirit on the Lord's day without a church, Okay, so if you're going to do that, I say it's possible, but it's not probable because that's not what most people who are saying that are doing. And and the second person is the Apostle Paul. And when, when the Apostle Paul first gets called into the ministry, you know what he does first? He goes to the wilderness And he goes to the wilderness to separate himself totally from everything, but he doesn't just go to the wilderness to separate himself from the church. He separates himself from everything so he can know what God's will and truth and word and, and wisdom of God really truly is. Because if I'm going to preach the word, i got to know this for myself. So he goes to the wilderness, but not to just separate himself from the church. He goes to the wilderness to be alone with God. And so if somebody tells you, I'm gonna chase after God and I don't need the church to help me, then they need to be like Paul. They need to really be, you know, they need to be separating themselves from everything else that's out there. But but listen, there is too much out there. Paul was away from he 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 didn't have the things that you and I have slapping us in the face every day. He didn't have the, the, the sexual culture, the oversexed culture that you and I have hitting us in the face every day. He was separated into a wilderness. He didn't have it on his, you know, he didn't have pornography at just a couple of clicks on his smartphone. He, he didn't have people who were constantly saying, hey, come on, let's go hang out this weekend. He was separated into a wilderness. So listen, yes, while it is possible for you to follow God without having a church, it's not very likely, okay? And, and, uh, and, and here's the second one, is that God never addressed a lone wolf Christianity, Okay? Never did. God never says anywhere in his word, let me tell you how to live if you choose to live outside of the church. Let me tell you how to be a good Christian and not be connected to a church. He never says that. He never gives us those instructions of how to be a good Christian without being a part of the church because all through scripture, it's obvious. He wants us to be a part of the church. He speaks about how he birthed the church in the book of Acts, chapter two, and he sets it all up before he gets there. Okay, I'm hoping you're writing some of this down in your mind, so when somebody is saying, you know, I don't need the church, so you say, wait wait a minute, you'll you'll know some of this, and you'll remember some of this. He says, I birthed the church. In the book of Ephesians, it's Jesus, Jesus says he died for the church. He sacrificed for the church. Uh, Throughout uh, the New Testament, we hear the instructions of how we're to treat one another, and not just those out there, but there are even times where he talks about how we're to treat one another in the church, but he never tells us how to treat one another from outside the church. You know, and and then that one that one scripture that one, I meant, you know, that really just I mean, it messes you up if you ever want to say I can I can follow God without without being a part of the church. That one scripture there in the Book of Hebrews that says, "No, wait a minute, you you cannot neglect the regular gathering." Of the church together you've got to be a part of that okay so 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 all of that these are the things that people ignore when they say I want to follow God and but I don't have to follow the church here's here's the truth you cannot love Jesus and not love his church because he died for his church he's preparing his church he's working for his and you cannot love Jesus if you don't love his church so it has to be a part now a lot of that If you're not careful, that'll be argument, okay? And and if if I went through any of it too quick, a lot of the notes are there on the Sunday's page, so get there. And there is some content there that I have scratched out of my notes. I'm not gonna even try to preach today because I don't have time, okay? So go there because there's some more good stuff on the Sunday's page. But if you're not careful, that could be the arguments because they've got arguments, here's our arguments, and we can argue and argue and argue. That's not the purpose, okay? We need to be careful. That is not the purpose. Instead of saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, have these things ready in case the question comes up but instead the message should be here's why you need the church here's why you need the church and i'll give you four reasons as quick as i can and it won't be quick but i'll do my best okay four reasons as quick as i can of why we need the church everybody on stage right now that's just me but everybody everybody sitting here everybody living or breathing in any place in this world today needs the church and here's why. Four things. The first one is tuning, sharpening, okay? Uh, focusing, those kinds of things. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those old uh, old analog radios. You guys have no clue what I'm talking about probably, but you know, you know, when you, when you adjust your radio in your car and you turn it and it goes like a notch over, it goes from 91.1 to 91.3, boom, just right on it, you know, then 0.5, 0.7, 0.9 and on and on. The old analogs didn't do that way. It was like kind of a You just ease it over and ease it back till you get right on it. And some of you know what I'm talking about, right? And you remember the old radios? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, You remember the old radios that you'd get it right on the station and then what would happen? You'd have that frequency drift where the radio just kind of eases them back over here a little bit. You'd have to take the knob and just ease it right back. You have that frequency drift, you know? We all have that too. When we don't stay connected to other Christians, we kind of tend to drift to our own frequency. And we'll kind of, And, and here, here's, here's the real danger, is we'll kinda of start listening to a lot of other people around us and they'll draw us to their frequency. Instead of staying connected to the frequency that is right down the middle of where the truth is because I am fully convinced that there is, there's falsehood on both sides of the road, and w- so we have to really stay on tune. And so that's why, that's why I put tuning there first so you can understand that. Two scriptures, one in the Old Testament, one of the New Testament, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That when I am together with other men of faith, and we talk about things, and we share things, and, and, and I share some of my insecurities or some of my struggles, and we talk together, it's like iron sharpening iron. And I get sharper, and I get more focused, and I get more in tune with what the truth is. And then the other side of that is in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Paul writes, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character that if you're not hanging out with the church, you're hanging out with bad company all week long. I guarantee, you know, unless unless you're like Paul and you've gone to the wilderness, you are hanging out with some bad company somewhere, at school, at work, maybe even at home. Definitely in the media, you have bad company all week, and bad company will corrupt good character. You may have awesome character today, But bad company will corrupt that character. That's why you need to stay connected so the iron can keep sharpening the iron. So that that other Christians can can keep just tuning you back to the frequency of God and helping you stay right there on that. We need people around us. We need others around us who are supporting the growth and the progress of our Christian walk. Here's a couple things. Let me throw these at you, okay? You know, because some of your duns are alcoholics, right? They tried God, but now they're in a bottle. Or maybe they're just in the can. They're not in a bottle. They're in a six-pack or whatever, right? And here's the thing about this. You think about this, is that an alcoholic does not need to be hanging out with people who believe, oh, one beer won't kill you. Because for an alcoholic, one beer could be the crank, could be the beginning of their death. Just One. Just one. But let me give you this one also. This one is even a more positive one right here. And so if you've got an alcoholic friend, you need to help them understand that is You need to be around people who are not encouraging you to go have a beer on the weekends. You need to be around people who are encouraging you to get rid of that. I was going to kill you. Here's another one. You're married? Listen to this one. Or, or you've got friends who, who are struggling in their marriage and, and, and they're done and they, need, and they need to get back in church? Listen to this one. One of the prime indicators of divorce is not having people around you who support you staying married. That's one of the prime indicators. If you have people around you that have been divorced and say, "Say Pfft, it's not a big deal. Now, there's a lot of people who have been divorced, okay, but they know it's a big deal. The people who say it's not a big deal are lying. okay? <laughs> they know it's a big deal. It's a big, even if you've got a bad marriage, it's going to be a bad divorce getting out almost always. It is a big deal it causes it causes trouble around and and when you've got people around you saying it's not a big that is one of the most prime is one of the most important powerful indicators if you're going to have a divorce you need people around you who say you can make it who say come on guys y'all just y'all just keep trying and where do you find those kinds of people today where do you find the kinds of people who support marriages staying together in the church we need people around us who support our continued growth. That is one of the biggest reasons you need to be in church, and you can tell that to your duns. All right, and here's a, here's the second reason: instruction, guidance, and direction. Instruction, direction, and guidance. And, and let me go ahead and read just scripture, John three. Did y'all think I was going to say sixteen? Most of us can quote three sixteen, right? Can you quote 317? You need to be able to. You need to be able to understand this. It says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, what a lot of duns out there are saying is, well, my church was just so condemning. And listen, there are some churches that all they can talk about is how bad you are, how much you've messed up, all the, all the wrong things that you've done in your life and just beat you over the head and beat you over the head and beat you over the head. We do everything we can here around 2911 to not be that way. And let me tell you, here's the big reason why. Because if I condemn you in my sermon, I am also condemning myself. Because the word of God says there is none that is righteous. No, not one. And so I don't stand up here to condemn you because I'd have to turn around and point a finger at myself too. As I told you last week, there is, there is nothing that I have done that has made me who I am in the sight of God today. I am forgiven because of his grace, his mercy, his blood that was poured out for me. It has nothing to do with how good I am or how great I preach or how bad I sing or any of those things. It's not about that. And so we do everything we can to not be condemning. 2911 is not a condemning church. You ever find condemnation, you come show it to me because we wanna get rid of it. That's why we have small groups, small groups that support, that build up, that strengthen, that encourage. That's why we we preach the way we do. That's why we sing songs like we sing, that second song that we sang this morning, talking about his love never fails, it never gives up, it never goes out on us. His love is always there, it's there, it's there, it's there. That's not condemnation. The church doesn't have a condemnation sermon. If somebody's preaching it, they're not preaching the word of God because the word of God says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is none of that. We have we have a uh, financial counseling that we that we offer here. We we've, we've got a, a job search uh, instruction and help if you're looking for a job. We, we we can help you with that. You, you need to know how to make a resume. We can help you with those kinds of things. We even um, we even have a connect that w- with a professional counselor that we help people get to and very very inexpensive. You know, and just just talk to me or a staff member. We, we've got those things. You know why? Because. We have a message of, of hope. We have a message of love. We have a message of, 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 of God wanting to help perfect us that he, he wants, didn't come to condemn the world, but that he might save us. But yes, we do need to hear truth. Truth that breaks the destructive habits of our lives. You need to hear that truth. Truth. You need to hear the truth, but it's not a truth that condemns you. It's a truth that says, hey, listen, guys, I was there too. And his grace and his mercy has saved me and rescued me. Thirdly, you need purpose, and you find that in a church. You need true, great spiritual purpose. Proverbs 29, verse 18, uh, and and there's there's a lot of people saying, well, I think this word means this, that word. Read with me here. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who listens to instruction will be happy. Without when, when there is, in the word of God, what it's saying there, it's not saying that when God does not give us revelation, because God is speaking all the time. He's, he's talking all the time to you, but you know, like your mom, you know, when you were a teenager, you know, or some of you still are, and you know, your mom just talks constantly, constantly, and eventually you just start tuning out some of the things she says. That's what we do with God. He is speaking to us, he wants us to understand, he wants us to know, he wants us to have great plans, but, but when we're not listening to that, when, when we we don't pay attention to the revelation, we run wild, meaning like this, our thoughts begin to run wild, we begin, we're not listening to God, we're not in tune with him, and so we begin to thinking about all these other things, and we, we start making plans of our own, plans that never seem to be fulfilled, and never come to pass because something's not right, so we try more plans, and we try to work harder, but our actions are fruitless and they don't work, and, and it's like after a while, it just seems like we're trying so hard, and nothing's happening. You know why? Because when we're not listening to Revelation, we're just running wild, and nothing true is happening. But those who listen to instruction will be happy. If you're not listening to God's instruction, no wonder you're sad. I mean, you have got some duns you're trying to reach in your life, and they they say I don't know why I'm I, I'm just nothing. I, I work hard, I make a good living, and and I, I just never seem fulfilled. I never seem it's because you're not listening to God's instruction. You're never gonna be happy until you do. Guys, I need some help right here. Man, I need some help right here. I mean, I mean tell me, tell me if, if this is just me or, or if it's all of us guys. But if I've got a really, really just blah day going on, I don't feel like any, doing anything, I just feel like, man, I just wish I could go on to bed and start tomorrow sometime, because Jan today just blah, just, uh, thought of that song. I think it was page 120 in the old church hymnal that I was raised on. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. But I was going to say, what I was going to say was the just a little trip to Lowe's. <laughs> Come on, man, you got to help me here. I am having a bad day, but I can walk down those aisles, of Lowe's and I can see something that, I, oh, I need for that project at home. And I see another something that, man, you know what? I could do something like this for the grandkids, you know, or I could build this, or oh, I know somebody, sister so-and-so, the little sweet lady of the church that really need there's there's that thing she that was that'll fix her problem. And you know what? All of a sudden, man, I'm excited again. You know, does Lowe's do that to anybody besides me? <laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because we have a need to be doing. We have a need to be needed. We have a need to have purpose. And when we are not listening and we're not paying attention and we're not actively involved in doing something for the kingdom of God, there's an empty spot. We have a need to be needed. We have a need to be doing. We have a need to have purpose. And and sometimes we find it just walking up and down lows and we realize, wait a minute, I got purpose because you know what I'm doing? I'm thinking about ministering to my family. I'm thinking about fixing that door that needs to be fixed. I'm thinking about that sweet little lady at church that that needs that little thing. I'm starting to think about, and you know, all of a sudden, that's why the juices get flowing again, because God put within us, come on, ladies, you're the same way. It's just not Lowe's that does it for you, right? You want to go buy something for somebody, or you want to cook something for somebody. Come on. And as soon as, you know, and, and, and my wife is this way, I mean, you know, it's like she's got everything on her, you know, and, and, and then we find out, well, so we need to go have a, a meal with somebody or something, and she's always wanting, well, let, let me just fix something, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 you got too much on you. Kids need to, you know, make the kids, they need something. To eat. And She said, well, I'll just fix something. I'm like, no, let me go get something. And, 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 as, and as low as she can be, it's like, no, just give, give me the opportunity to do, you know why? Because we all have the need to be doing, to be needed, to have purpose. And church helps you find that purpose. That's what Tommy was telling us earlier, right? Oh, last thing. i got—I got to hurry. last one is right here. And it's that power that is beyond ourselves. Okay, i got to debunk this just a little bit for you. Because you're going to hear people say, I read my Bible. I pray. I just don't go to church. I listen to a preacher on TV. I just don't go to church. Let me tell you, let me tell you what you're missing, okay? So it's, yes, you do need to pray. Yes, you do need to read your Bible. I hope this is not the only Bible you get all week long. I'm wondering how you even get here on Sundays if this is the only Bible you hear all week long. How in the world do you even get rolled out of bed on a Sunday morning or on a Monday morning if this is the only Bible you hear? You, you need to be reading the Bible. You need to be praying. You need, to, you need to listen to other preachers. Just make sure they're lining up with the Word of God. Not lining up with Rick, lining up with the Word of God. You need to be doing that. But I want to show you it goes deeper than that. In uh, James chapter 5, verse 14, he, he says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The next verse says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick and if they've they've, uh, committed any sin, their sin will be forgiven of them also. But the formula is right there. The formula for healing is not, if you're sick, pray for yourself. How many of you know how hard it is to pray for yourself to get healed? It's a whole lot easier for me to pray for for you to get healed than it is for me. I mean, the doctor mentions the cancer word. It's a whole lot easier for me to have faith for you than it is for me to have faith for me. And maybe God knew that because that's the way he wired us and that's why he said, if you need prayer, if you're sick, call for somebody else, call for the church to pray for you, all right? Yes, you need to pray. But God said, I'm putting a special power of healing prayer in the church. And, And then he says, and this is the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, I truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done. It will be done for them by my father in heaven. Now he could have put any number there, but Jesus put two. Now, if it was important that we have a lot of faith so that we can say those things, then he'd have put five, 10, 20, maybe 100. Get 100 people together, and then y'all will have enough faith to say something, and God will do it for you. That was not the purpose of what he was saying. If it was not important for you to have multiple people, he would have said, okay, listen, if you need anything from God, you just declare it. You just claim it. But he didn't. He said two. It can be three, four, five, 20, or whatever. But he said if two. Why? Because God invested his power in this connection and this fellowship that happens inside the Christian body that we call the church. It's there. And, and, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know, I don't know if you know what that chapter is. That's the chapter that talks about all those gifts. You know, the gift of miracles, gift of healings, Gifts of prophecy and uh, words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Like if you have somebody just come to you and say, I, you know, I, I was praying, I just really felt like, and they tell you something, it's like, ooh, they've been reading my mail. Where does that come from? You know, God doesn't do that a lot for me to myself. You know where he says he does it? In verse seven of that chapter where he's talking about these gifts, he said a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Those gifts were not given to individuals. They were given to the church. Oh, they were given to individuals as an individual gift, but they were given for the purpose of the church. You see, we, you're going to have people that say those things. that say, oh, I, I, I can pray. I can read my Bible. I can listen to a, t- a preacher on TV or whatever. But you know what? You're missing this power because God invested his power in the church. He invested his power. I mean, these are just three, and I didn't think you had all day, so I didn't bring them all to you. But here are just three to show you that there are things, there are, there are pieces of his power that he gives out only because of the connection with the body. You need the church. I need the church. And this is why when we close at the end of service and we're joined, we're just all together around here and we've got the prayer team members around, that's why they've got that little lanyard on that says prayer, so you can find them because if you're sick in body, you need to go say, hey, I need prayer right now. It's good for you to come down and pray, but you see, he's invested his power in the church, in joint prayer, in joint agreement, in joint faith. Your marriage is falling apart, you need to find a prayer team member. And say, Look, I, 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 just need, I just need you to agree with me today that God's going to heal my marriage. Because His Word says we're to agree concerning anything. It'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. Whatever your need is today, I, I, I need a job. I need a better job. I need a different job. My, my job is pulling me down. I need a job that'll lift me up. I need, I need what Pastor was talking about earlier. You need to find somebody to do, to, 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 and, and the prayer team, man, they are anxious. You know there might be somebody that'd be a little nervous about praying with you today if you ask them, but anybody that's got one of those prayer things on, man, they are dying to pray with you today. They want to. Every time we come together for church, whatever your needs are, you need to find a prayer team member. Now that's that's a little bit of a side issue because we're not talking about the Duns anymore, but I wanted you to see that. I wanted you to know that. That's why. In just a few minutes, I'm going to encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray one more prayer. And as that prayer is ending, I want to encourage you to go, then go find whatever your need is, go find one of those people that's got that prayer thing. And they're, they're